0: welcome to the vegas gang podcast for december 6 2012 the vegas gang is a roundtable discussion show for issues related to casinos in las vegas macau and the rest of the world we love you very much people of earth That is awesome, whatever that is. I need to get a cowbell for this (laughs) show. Um, Let me go around the table and introduce my co-host. We have uh, Chuck Monster, who is the editor-in-chief at VegasShipping.com. What's happening, Chuck?
1: Not much. Happy to be here with you guys. Excellent. What is that exactly? That is a coffee mug. Ah,
0: right. Okay, perfect. And of course, as always, Dr. Dave Schwartz, the director of UNLV's Center for Gaming Research. Hey, Dave. Hi there. Hi there. (laughs)
2: <laughs> this is awesome it's like a little <laughs> celebratory thing every time somebody we says were, something
0: yeah we were, well, we were just talking about um, our reviews on iTunes and of course this will make people love us even more if we add sound effects <laughs> so we're doing this just for you iTunes people next comes
2: single. Uh, Chuck is like Chuck is like our version of Mr. Home from <laughs> yes, the exactly. immortal Star Trek next generation episode Haven where every time uh, what's her face locks on a Troy puts something in her mouth he hit that little gong in that infamous party scene, which was the best part of Haven. That's just Did what reminds me of.
0: Did you see uh, the trailer for the new Star Trek movie? No,
2: I was blown away by how awesome it was. It's yeah, incredible. yeah, it
0: hit the web today. It's exciting. It's pretty, pretty cool looking. I, I liked that first reboot movie, so I have high hopes yeah. for, uh, for another round of awesomeness. So, what? But not being a Star Trek uh, person. Um, did you, Dave, seeing it? Did you have a sense of like who the villain is in sort of Star Trek mythology, or is that not clear? Well, there's a lot of
2: speculation that it could be Khan, which, which uh-huh. makes sense because Benedict Cumberbatch looks like an Indian genetically enhanced warlord.
1: Um, right. Okay, or
2: it could be Gary Mitchell, it was uh, played by Gary Lockwood in the first season and the in the second pilot there. So people think it could be either one of those. Personally, I don't care. It looks awesome. I. I just as long as it's a good movie, I don't care who it is.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, oh, and by the way, my name is Hunter Hilligas, and I uh, make an app for the iPhone called Vegas Mate. Um, <laughs> we're gonna start <laughs> off the show with um, some announcements, and they'll actually, I think, they'll roll in a little bit into our our first topic here. Um, the announcement is that uh, the in the annual VegasTripping.com Trippies, which is the Readers' and Editors' Choice Awards, um, we were nominated, this show was nominated for uh, the Best Podcast Award. So I want to start by saying thank you to everybody that voted for us in the nomination phase. That was very, very sweet of you to do. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, there's a lot of other good shows nominated, including... Our really good friends at uh, Five Hundred by Midnight and um, the Three Hundred and Sixty Vegas guys, and just a, there's a bunch of good shows out there, and we really appreciate the fact that you're listening, and thank you for the nomination. Voting closes on the eleventh, I believe. Yes. So um, you know, if if you're so inclined, when you're filling out your ballot, you can. Uh, you know, check the box for us. I've actually um, Chuck let me write some of the code for the thing so I set it up so if you vote for Tim and Michelle it actually counts for us. Yep. Um, so we're I think we're pretty dialed in no matter what happens. But um, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud. Doesn't matter. Uh, um, in all seriousness thank you for nominating us and uh, if, if you want to vote for us we won't say no. Um, there's a lot of other categories and nominations, all different kinds of casino categories, so everything from food and dining and uh, Nightclubs and all that good stuff plus there's some other internet related categories um for people on twitter for websites and blogs and communities and iphone apps and the the uh the Jeff Simpson award, which is for the most improved uh is it property is it scope to property or anything
1: uh it could be anything you know, but uh I think we try and keep it on the on uh property. There was a pretty sizable number of nominations for Fremont Street in general uh, which Hmm, uh, didn't really make it to the top of the list but I thought that was an interesting uh, public decision
0: so um, a couple more things about the trippies and one I guess Chuck I have a question for you and I don't want to steal too much thunder away from stuff I know you'll be writing about and talking about as the tributes go on, but any big surprises in the nomination tally that you want to share?
1: Uh, Yeah, you know, I thought there was a lot of uh, surprises. Some surprises that weren't exactly a surprise to me, but they sort of were a little surprising. Encore has dropped off of the best of lists in a lot of things. It, uh, it was decimating everything for a couple of years, but it seems like it has been eclipsed in the public imagination by... Uh, cosmopolitan still, and
2: secondarily,
1: Aria has made a major turnaround. They were sort of the butt of a lot of bad jokes last year, and they've made a very strong showing in a lot of the uh, the best of categories, including the best social media, best overall, best rooms, best hotel, best casino, a number of subcategories in casino. Uh, which which I thought was really great, considering all of the drama and problems they've had with the Legionnaires, the second bout of Legionnaires, and the power outages and all the other things that have gone wrong at that property. They've managed to uh, keep public perception of the place in a really positive space, and that's a good uh, testament to the folks who are doing their social media thing and how they're talking to people and, and not stonewalling. So those primarily were the two biggest surprises I saw. One other thing was uh, the nightclub uh, and day club categories, basically pitted to a challenge between uh, Wincore and Cosmopolitan. Basically, excess versus Marquee, and Marquee versus uh, Encore Beach Club. Nobody else got any votes of any significance. It was all of those two locations hmm. in the in the overpriced booze and electronica award. So, pretty cool. Just a head-to-head fight. I'm also really happy about the the best uh, hotel, best on the strip. Like it's all the heavy hitters really in there. There's no strange outliers. Uh, it's all the big new and classic properties pounding each other out. Uh, and Caesars is back in the mix now. It's it's going to be it's going to be a bloodbath, I think.
0: Well, it should be fun. It's always fun winning. So the voting closes on the 11th and when are the winners going to be announced?
1: Uh it it'll be in January sometime. I don't have a date yet cuz a lot of it depends on how much. A lot of times I set a date and I realize I have way too much stuff to do so I can't get it done and I start like thinking about uh slitting my wrists. <laughs> <laughs> So I I, uh, I kind of keep it a little open ended. It'll be around the middle of January or so, not far after New Year's. But it's just a lot of writing and designing and coding right. stuff to get the thing done. So I don't really want to set the date until I'm really sure. Sure, sure. Happen.
0: But so sometime in sometime in January, stay tuned for that. Of course, um, Dave. I don't know if you've looked at the nominated uh, folks at all, um, and if you have any thoughts. I mean, I know that every time I every year when I look at these, I. I uh, usually have a few takeaways, and I think Chuck encapsulated a lot of what I was thinking as well. Um, Any surprises for you when you uh, were looking at the ballot?
2: Yes, I voted, and I'm now frantically trying to get the uh, PDF of the ballot up again. So just hang on one second while I do this so I can tell you what my big surprises are. Dave gets a
1: demerit for not showing up. I get a demerit.
2: Yeah. (laughs) All right, here we go. Oh, twelve comments in that thread already. Okay, that's not the link. Is the link on the not on the on the uh, page there? The printable vote voter guide. Yes. All right. Awesome. That took like twelve seconds. Yeah, it was interesting. I always find it interesting when something's nominated for the best and the worst of something, which I think happened a couple times. Right. That's uh-huh. always fun. You know yep. what happens if it wins both? I think. You know, in general, it does look like people are really concentrating on those big properties, and it's funny to see whether casinos like Bills and Imperial Palace are going to get any reverse sympathy bo- votes because they're both closing, and whether they're going to kind of go out the bang and get a few worst awards before they close down.
1: Yeah, I don't foresee the. Well, what- I don't foresee there being sympathy votes. Not not for Imperial Palace, at least. Because that place is a, it's a hole in the last, you know, year or so, it's slowly gotten worse because of the construction and it's just a hassle to get in and get out or get around. So people are just avoiding that place. So they're going to vote that thing out
2: in grand style with a 21 FU salute. And I also, there's, there's <laughs> also a, a real dark horse candidate for that uh, worst meat board. Yes.
1: Which is what? That would be Robin. Leach. Robin Leach was nominated for uh, worst worst. Ah. Go figure. Yeah. You know,
0: that, uh, that seems appropriate yes. to me. Um, he never seems to, he, every time I sort of forget he exists, I am reminded cause he does something horrible. <laughs> um, usually on Twitter. Um, all right. Well, uh you know, you touched on um the uh the bill's situation which I will probably get to a little bit later in the show. And of course, uh the Imperial Palace has now officially changed its name to the Quad. Um you know, the website's been changed, the Twitter account's been changed. I had to go back and fix everything in my CMS to adjust for the stupid Quad. Yeah. So thanks a lot, stupid Quad. Uh, change, casinos should not be allowed to change their names. I am I'm going to pass a new law. Uh, it 's a pain in the ass anyway um so those are those are some interesting stories. The other thing that I wanted to talk about, which is related to uh the tribute sort of is something that i 'm doing which uh, one for this year and in some past years um the two way hard three blog has both been nominated and in some cases won uh awards in the trippies, uh, which has been very gratifying for me. I started the blog in 2005, January 2005. Um, uh, originally started the blog because I wanted to write about casino design and uh, have a real narrow, focused uh, place where people that were interested in that stuff could do that. And uh, it, it has been, I think, more successful than I could possibly imagine over that time. I, I never, when I started, I had no idea... If it was going to work or where it would go or if anybody cared. Uh, But it's been great. I uh, had a lot of participation over the years. Um, I was just looking. I think that over those five years, it looks like there are about 1,300 stories that were written and uh, about Mm. 13,500 comments. Um altogether, not counting the jillions of spam comments, so that's you know there's been a, f- a fair amount of discussion on most of the topics that were posted which is which is great, which has always been one of my favorite things about it even even back in the day when uh we had some of the crazy commenters but you know over the over the past year, especially and even in the year leading up to that it's things have slowed down for for multiple reasons i mean. Uh, Over the past two years and change, I've been lucky enough to have both you, Dave, and and Jeff, before he passed away, do writing for the blog, which has been great. I have been writing a lot less for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, And especially in the last year, it's been slowed down to basically a trickle. So what I've decided to do is to close the blog down um, as of the end of this year. And uh, instead of having it wither away more than it has... Um uh, to actually uh, sort of put an end to it and close that chapter and um and uh move on, which is you know sort of bittersweet i mean it's been something that's been there for so long that uh i've I've just gotten used to it sort of always being there, and I think after a while these projects that you do that um people begin to know you for you're sort of they sort of get wrapped up into your identity to somewhat like oh he's the the blog guy or he's the app guy or he's the Vegas tripping guy or he's the historian guy they you 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 know and and that can sometimes make it harder to uh, to to move on and and change course even when I think looking at it objectively it's absolutely the right decision and I probably should have done it earlier um, so anyway I wanted to share that little bit of news with you guys in the audience and as far as on in a practical sense I what I What I'm not planning to do do right now is to take the whole site offline because I think that there is uh, a lot of interesting posts on there still, Um, especially since it's a place where Jeff did a lot of his writing and I I don't want it to just vanish. So what I'm planning to do at the moment is to turn off all the commenting, uh, take all the ads out of it, and just sort of archive it and let it sit there and put a new post on the top explaining that it's not going to be updated anymore. Uh, and maybe change a few things around to reflect that, but um, basically preserve it as sort of an, as an archive, at least at least for now, and um, and uh, and let it sit. So I I, uh, I don't know. Just want to let you guys know. And Dave, I want to say thank you again for all of your wow. participation. Well, thank you. Uh, thank thank you for all the stuff that you've done on the site over the last couple of years, and uh, I really appreciate it. And I know all the readers did too. So thank you.
2: Do you think this is really about how everything has changed in the internet? And it's instead of doing a blog, Twitter and to a lesser extent, Facebook and the app are better ways to talk to people?
0: Uh, I can say definitely for me that uh, things have changed for sure. Um, there was a time, probably a few years ago, well, maybe more than a few years ago now, but several years ago, when I would sort of start new projects at the drop of a hat. Anytime I had some crazy idea, I would start up a new website or project or whatever. Um, I have way less time for that kind of Great. thing now, and so one of the one of the overall. Uh, things I've been doing in sort of in my life in general is to focus on more on fewer things um, and direct more energy towards them. So in the case of this Las Vegas stuff, the stuff that I want to focus on is the the iPhone app and this podcast much more than uh, anything else. That's it. That's where my interest is at the moment. And so um, you know, it makes sense to sort of sl- slim down the roster a little bit. I will say, uh, I as far as Twitter goes, I definitely notice. I have noticed that as Twitter has ascended, the number of comments has declined, and I think part of that is because uh, the the people yep. that were doing a lot of commenting on Two Hard R Three, they, it was like the place that they would hang out for to a certain extent. I mean, amongst other places, but it, it was a community of sorts, and so uh, a lot of that has moved to Twitter. And so um, it's, you know, that focused discussion is sort of dissipated a little bit. The other thing is, th- this can't be under, I can't say this enough, the consistency of posting makes such a big difference. Your community kind of withers and dies if you don't water it all the time. You can't, it's very, very hard to keep uh, active people active and their interest engaged if you're like randomly posting whenever you feel like it. And that's not very often. It really, it it really, people stop visiting and they're, you know, a lot of people use RSS to keep track of stuff, but, but most people don't, most people don't know what it is. So, uh, if, if you're like the average Joe who visits their favorite website and you know, for the last 10 days, it hasn't had anything new, you know, you might not, the next time you're opening your computer, you might not visit that time because you're, you know, you just, you're, it's, Mm -hmm. it's really important. Consistency is incredibly important. So since I can't offer that, and that's not what I'm able to do at the moment. It just makes sense to to kill it off and, and move on. And who knows? Maybe I'll end up doing some other blog in the future. I have a personal blog that I update very, also in, relatively infrequently. But, you know, it, in some ways it's a little bit easier to update because I can just post whatever the hell I want. It doesn't have to have anything to do with Las Vegas. And, of course, I have a lot of other interests that uh, wouldn't make any sense on 2A Hard 3. So, uh, you know, I think... Um, the tech, the technology has changed. The other thing is that it was it was a blog designed for uh, the ca- casino design and construction industry, and there's not a lot of that happening anymore, or anytime soon. You look at um, another blog or website or whatever you want to call it that used to read all the time, which is Vegas Today and Tomorrow, and that also sort of withered and faded away with a couple of uh, you know promised restarts that haven't really materialized. And I'm sure you know a part of that is that there's just not. The content that fuels it is not being produced anymore. People aren't building anything. So in that sense too, I think it, it makes sense to, to close the door on that. And if there's some, you know, Uber Vegas building boom in the future, I'm sure that somebody will be there to cover it. It doesn't have to be me. So um, I can just be a spectator. So, you know, it's uh, like I said, it's sort of bittersweet, but I think it's definitely the right thing to do. I, I don't want it to just pitter out into non-existence.
2: So, yeah, there you go. makes sense to me, yeah
1: <laughs> well, hunter, you know as as a as a friend and a fan and a member of your community, I thank you on behalf of them, you know, i guess i'll I'll take the opportunity to to uh speak for the unspeaking masses to thank you for your uh corralling such great content, great people. Great discussion, great information over the past eight, seven, eight years. Um, it's going to be sorely missed. Even the smallest post from you is always enlightening and wonderful. The SLS one from a few weeks ago was was a real uh, eye-opener, and uh, it was great. So any contribution you make uh, is has been... Uh, Really appreciated by a lot of us, so thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you want to write for Vegas Trip, and you just let me know, pal. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's
0: it's funny that you mentioned that because you know that uh, just because I uh, don't see myself being able to maintain the blog as a regular outlet anymore, that doesn't mean that I don't have anything to say anymore. Um, so yeah, you know, you never know. Uh, I. Uh, have done at least one post for vt in the past it was a lot of fun i could um totally imagine doing that again the, i also have uh a sort of non-traditional publishing outlet with the app i mean it's not the same thing as the web and it has pluses and minuses as a publishing medium but it does reach a lot of people so who knows that could also be uh a place where stuff ends up but yeah it was fun i was sort of uh reminiscing a little bit of, about some of the insanity i mean they specifically like there was at one time – I've had uh, multiple threats of people getting pissed off about the blog. There was a a commenter that shall remain nameless um, that anybody that has been around on that blog for a long time will surely remember uh, who was for a long time very anti-win – And uh, he um, would write long diatribes arguing with people about when and how terrible he was and had a lot of backstory. Through some family connections, he was sort of plugged into the industry. And um, so one thing I'll never forget is I was in Biloxi. I was checking into Beau Rivage, just gotten there and i get an email from him threatening to sue me because i had censored his comment which in fact i just hadn't approved it through the moderation queue yet cuz i was in an airplane um so yes of course that was one of the you know one of the highlights of uh, of being uh, a internet publisher right you get you 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 get all, you get all kinds of email you get crazy emails you get crazy people um you know they can be very entertaining and a lot of fun but uh it's never a dull letter moment, letter from I Steve guess. Wynn is
1: high up there in the uh, pantheon of awesome, too.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I love that one. I have that. That's, that's framed, actually. I'm looking at it right now. Um, yes, so for those that don't know what Chuck's referring to, I, uh, I, I can't remember exactly how it initiated, but I got, ended up with a letter back from, from Steve Wynn himself um, asking me not to include them <coughs> on my internet um this is it's dated 2003. Uh I I think he clearly didn't have a firm grasp on exactly how the internet worked. Um but uh it it was it's become one of my favorite things. So yes, it's ended up on the wall. Um so anyway, yeah, thanks Chuck that you're far too kind. Um I think there are definitely posts that I'm proud of. There are other posts that <laughs> I'm less proud of, but uh it's just the it's the way that it goes. And, um, I've had a lot of fun and thank you again to everyone that's read and, uh, and commented and clicked on ads and <laughs> clicked on ads again. Um, I really appreciate it. It's, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, I just wanted to say thank you and okay, I will not take up any more of our time with my, uh, with my reminiscence. Um, I'll also put a post up onto the blog itself explaining all this stuff, but, um, that's the story with Two Way Heart 3. It's, uh, it's served us well. But uh, it's time for it to take a break. So it is going to be riding off into the bits and bites in the sky.
1: Um,
0: So moving on from that, we'll talk about Chuck's website. And we're going to talk specifically about something you posted just recently. I just wanted to touch on this because it is Trippy's season and people are making choices about best and worst and talking about their experiences. You posted your review of LVH. Which you uh, you Correct. was during the uh, Vimp, right? That's when you were staying there. Yeah. Well, why don't give us a quick overview about how that trip went and what you thought?
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know this isn't the uh, most earth sh- earth-shattering review, but it, it was revealing in a lot of kind of simple ways. Uh, after a protracted battle with the dragons of pricing, uh, wherein my scimitar became bloody in a very public manner. Asking people to help me find hotel rooms. Uh, Finally, uh, due to the difficulty of pricing and there being conventions, the D Grand Opening, VIMF, and uh, Madonna in town, I finally was able to find a room that satisfied my particular taste. And those tastes are, I don't want to pay a lot, and I don't want the room to be dirty. So I took a chance on the uh, LVH. I think I paid like 89 bucks or so uh, for a resort. uh, No resort fee premium room recently, quote unquote, recently renovated. Uh, I used to stay at the Hilton all the time with my cousins back when I first moved to California. These are my first trips to Vegas. They used to go all the time and they're a bunch of drunks. So they asked me to drive. So, I would drive a rented town car, grand marquee, whatever you know, couch on wheels. they'd sit in the back like pretending they're movie executives, and I would drive them around town and they'd give me a room and feed me, you know, but I'd just be the guy who would deal with the car so i gone I've been to the to the Hilton tons of times though it was the Sonora cafe or whatever it was called uh, just i I really like the place i think uh the, the 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 Andrew Lloyd Webber show on wheels, the roller skating show, was playing at the time back then. Starlight Express, and uh, after a while, I just kind of decided that's enough of the Hilton for me. I need to do other places, and thus began my own sort of exploration of of Las Vegas. So I stayed at the, the Hilton this time, the LVH. Uh oh, get lost. Uh oh.
0: I hear you fine, but that sounded suspiciously like Dave oh, okay. left. All right.
2: So, here.
0: Um, oh, Dave is still here. All yes. Right. I dropped all off right. for a second. Oh, okay. You're uh, back.
1: So continue the Hilton. I booked the room for 89 bucks. Uh, I wasn't really planning on doing much there other than sleeping. because of the VIMP weekend and all the other activities. And uh, I found the place to be pleasantly, surprisingly nice. Really nice. The, the joint was clean the staff was great. The check-in line took a little bit of time, but they did get everybody through real fast. Uh, the room was 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 well designed, pretty basic. Uh, kind of like a night, like a, an evolution of the classic Las Vegas hotel room. Uh, it wasn't too modern at all, but it was still comfortable. They had nice decor. The bathroom was spotless. There was no. Uh, pubes or mold on the floor or cockroaches, as I found at recent, many recent hotel stays. And it made me realize that, you know, this is really kind of a hidden gem to a lot of degrees. This was the top property in Las Vegas for quite a long time. People still reminisce about this joint being where the high rollers would stay as a little step off the strip, but they brought in great entertainment and filled the high roller rooms with, with deep pocketed individuals. And the bones of the property are still good. It seems like it's still being managed well. Now, since I've stayed, of course, the ownership has changed, but it was still, you know, just like a a, a really nice hotel stay that I've I've had way in the past. And compared to uh, many of the rooms that I've stayed on the Strip, the pricing was phenomenal, and the room was, you know, it was just, just clean and refreshing and nice and no frills, but but it was kind of great in a lot of ways, and compared to the the what you're getting on the strip now, I don't know why more people don't stay there. I'm kind of surprised by this, particularly the, the flamingo, and it's it's a testament to the marketing machine of the comp clubs. Really, this is why those hotels people are always saying at those joints, you know, we need more individuals, we need more competition, we need to break these big companies up so we have more options instead of the one, two or three. I'm going to rant now. Rant, go. That was it, man. I got nothing else to that say. That was it. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. Rant over. <laughs> um well, you know, I saw I read I read the review. I looked at the photos, you know, I've never stayed there. Um I've been through plenty of times, but uh, never never stayed um, you know it always looks interesting I think, but uh, it's always a, it's sort of always a hard sell for me to not stay either on the strip or on Fremont street just just because you know it's like one of those things that sounds good until you really start thinking about it and you're like, well, okay, I just would rather it's just easier um, but uh, yeah I think it is it is interesting I mean I guess the question is what if anything, is going to change there in the immediate to nearish term that might make people more or less inclined to want to stay there. Any ideas? (laughs) I mean, Dave, I know you know everything. Um, Any any thoughts on that idea?
2: I think the property's big disadvantage has really been that it's they're now marketing as a, as a bargain property, and I think there's a lot of competition there. I think the other big disadvantage of the property is that people just aren't gambling and doing other stuff there enough. You know, they've got the convention center right next door. You would think with that room rate, they would get a ton of people to come there, but they're just not spending money on the property. So basically, they got they have to find a way to turn that around. And I think you're going to need somebody to come in there with some new money, some new enthusiasm to say, hey, this is our property we want we wanted to be successful, and we were willing to invest some money into sprucing up a lot of what's going on. You know I've been through there quite a bit in the past couple of months, and I've always thought that the rooms are not so bad. I think it's a public areas that really need a little bit more excitement,
1: so I was surprised when I was coming back into the hotel at night. the Space Quest casino they had turned it into a dance club, not a nightclub in the traditional sense. They did have some v i p couches strewn about but they had loud funk music in there and the place was jam packed of people who were just dancing and drinking and mingling and talking and whatnot it was like an after party it seemed like after party of uh, whatever concert might have been in the in the hall that weekend but it was the place was hopping it was hopping the whole time i was there you know for for years i mean the hilton
0: was Got famous by building their you know rooftop suite complex uh, and for really catering to high rollers in that period before the bellagios of the world were really up up and running um what what uh are those suites being maintained and are they i mean it seems like for a property that 's having financial trouble they can 't afford to uh host big players that could kill their entire monthly results with a couple of big hands. So what are what are these facilities being used for now? Beats me. I have no idea. I mean, you know, they spent a lot of money building them and they're, you know, quite nice, but uh they seem like they're designed for property in a different stage of its life cycle. You
1: know, those wedding suites, they could be just rent them out by the by the day, you know. It's not necessarily to invite comp. I'm sure they have players though. They might not well, be I'm the, sure they do, but know, the what Watanabes of the they, world, but uh, well, I'm right. sure. There's I mean, somebody. they can't have Larry
0: F- like Larry Flint used to be famously a Hilton customer, I'm doubt you know, he's they can't afford to have him come in and play a million dollars a hand if he has a chance of winning. They would be he would own the place in forty five minutes. <laughs> um so- so I think it's I think think it's interesting. I mean, who knows? Maybe the uh, the suites will end up on the uh, hotel tonight for you know ninety nine dollars. <laughs> Possible. Uh, um, all right, LVH. Let's move. Uh, let's move up the street or down the street or however you want to say it to Aria, um, where Bill Macbeth, the um, guy that was running Aria, the COO and president, I guess he has quit. He was so upset that Union was closed. His he no, he no longer had a place for lunch. He hated <laughs> Javier so much he decided to quit. Um. So that's not really what happened. But Dave, you, um, I'm sure are familiar with this story. Can you give us a brief rundown on on uh, who this guy? I guess what what was his job at Aria? Why did he leave? We probably don't really know. But what's the story here? And and a little bit about his history because he's been around the block a few times.
2: Yeah, you know this is a long long term. Mirage Resorts guy, uh, started with the Mirage later, ran Treasure Island, uh, was not sure if he ran Bellagio, but he was Bellagio. Ran Bellagio, yeah. really had been with the company for a long time, and had worked with Bobby Baldwin for a long time. And when they announced City Center, pretty much it became that, well, this is Bobby Baldwin's project, and the guy he wanted executing it in the field form was Bill Macbeth. So obviously a guy with a great pedigree and a lot of respect in the industry. And I think what he was asked to do was to basically take this concept of Aria, which was supposed to be this modern, ultra-lavish resort hotel in the midst of this campus of dining and the non-mall retail and everything else that City Center was originally hyped to be and make it work. And what he was actually delivered in December 2009 when it opened was much different because you didn't have that big residential component you didn't have this whole kind of soho type vibe which is what they were originally going for you basically had a big casino behind a shopping mall that not a lot of people were going in into surrounded by condos that nobody was buying so obviously the place struggled in the beginning and i think it's a testament to him that he was able to turn around turn it around and make it pretty successful if you look at the last quarterly filings for mgm aria was really one of their strong points in the strip bellagio had a subpar quarter so aria really pulled him up and i think that says a lot i think he also had the challenge of running a property as the as the company's top property in the shadow of bellagio you know how do you compete with that so i think he did a good job from that perspective and as we all know here and as everybody listening knows they had a lot of punch list stuff sticking around long after it opened. So I think that was really his role, was getting the place running and getting it doing well. So I'm a little surprised that he's left now that it seems to be turning the corner and doing pretty well for the company.
0: You know, it. I the question, of course, is why? Why is he leaving, right? So I think it's interesting to look at MGM and how they have set themselves up for the future and where their future may be. Um, you know, Jim Murn's contract was extended, so he's clearly not leaving at least in the immediate term. Um, Bill leaves, decides to leave. Uh, you know, maybe he wanted Bobby Baldwin is the is in charge of city of the overall city center apparatus, and also I think is like the chief construction officer or something uh, for the parent company. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere, despite the he doesn't. You know, he seems to be happy, happy and content without moving in and out of that position um you would think that he would eventually that baldwin would eventually you know start itching for the top job or want to move on but he seems to be happy enough where he is um macbeth i mean maybe he didn't see himself moving up we got another release this week that hornbuckle is moving into a role which is basically like a number 2 role under uh jim Murren. i mean and maybe he didn't see where he was where his job was going other than running i mean i'm sure running the property was a, was an interesting gig but you know He's been moving up his entire career uh to to have that halted um, and not to see a clear path forward could have maybe that could have been a, uh, a, a something he was considering I don't know I mean we obviously don't know this is all speculation, but he had had such a long run with the company it's curious to see him leave and not announce any real reason like oh I'm going to do this or I got hired to do this job or I'm going to be the CEO of this company um it's kind of like I am
1: quitting. Goodbye. Yeah, that's that. To me, is the real question: is did he quit or was he fired? Was he quit? (laughs) Or did somebody quit for him? Right. Sure. So usually, people who are young—he's not all that older than I am, you know. People who are in a, a in the youthful mid career don't just quit. They have a reason why they quit. They quit to go do something else, or. They got canned. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, part of me thinks, you know, maybe he heard a whisper. Maybe there was a little whisper from his uh, his old boss up the street who said, hey, you know, Marilyn Spiegel's going to leave sometime in the next three years. I want you to come take the New Frontier Project, bring that thing to fruition. Then you'll take...
2: Spiegel's job. Yeah, you know it's definitely a possibility. I gotta say that a guy with his resume is—if he wants to work, he'll be able to work. I don't think—I don't think that's a question. You know, we know how a lot of guys bounce around from job to job once they get above a certain level. And certainly, with his background and everything he's done, he would not have trouble finding another job in the industry. Maybe he'll uh,
0: end up with Nazarian down at the uh, SLS <laughs> Fun Emporium.
1: Yeah, but then, where does that leave Rob? Rob Osland? He's been screwed before.
0: He could he could just get screwed again.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thank you for participating in a couple of press releases, Rob. <laughs> 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 um,
0: yeah, I just, I think this is just I just thought this was interesting because it seemed to come out of nowhere. You know, it was interestingly enough, it was hinted on your mess on your on a comment thread on one of your articles on VT, the article about the. Huffington Post. The, the Huffington Post Nevaria. crazy review guy. The guy um, took
1: the guy who wrote that comments. the guy who wrote that article. Right, he sort right, of right. took uh claim of but he having said Bill Macbeth fired.
0: He said fired, right? Yeah. So he's definitely said fired. And and you know, Chuck, you're absolutely right that at that level, they don't you never you know, unless it's like egregious, they don't ever say fired. They say is leaving the company, right? No matter what yeah. You know, even if it was terrible, and he, and they did actually get rid of him, um, which we don't know for sure. But if even if that was the case, you know, they the the verbiage would be fairly similar. They negotiate these exits. Usually, these employment contracts already have this stuff written before the job even starts. Right? They know how they're going to negotiate someone leaving because you know it's, those careers are have a high economic value, and so you don't take any chances by uh, by getting fired unless you're like stealing money out of the the register
1: Well listen Bill we know you're listening so if you want to come on the show <laughs> we've got, oh, we've man, got plenty me would, of time
0: I'd love to have you yeah I would anytime this, buddy love to have you on Um also if Glenn Schaefer if you're listening I want you on the show too
1: <laughs> And Bobby Bobby Baldwin <laughs> aging, aging Mr. Mr. Baldwin
0: so I I don't know. I mean, well, how will this impact Aria? Maybe not at all. I mean, Bobby Baldwin, you know, is was already running the umbrella city center. Um, you have to wonder what the difference between I mean, I, at least to me, it seems like running city center must be like mostly running Aria because the other places like how much oversight do they require? Well,
2: I think he um, closes out that register at Pinkberry every night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just seems like there's probably a lot of redundancy between those two jobs, especially since you know the other properties all have their own managers, and so um you know maybe uh maybe there wasn't room for both of them, and baldwin you know won who knows I'm again speculating, but
2: um, although I think you know taking a look at the you know it's just a good chance to reflect on the property and saying the inherent in- The inherent disadvantages it had against it that they sort of built into it, putting it all the way in the back, I'm still amazed that they've made it as successful as it is. And then having the Viva Elva show, which took a, I think that only took what, two years? And then they. Well, I mean, you know,
0: we, uh, a few years ago, you know, both Chuck and I, we got access to some internal documents, some minutes of some meetings about City Center. And and, man, they were brutal. I mean, they they were hurting bad. It was the scary. You know, this was also covered uh, in the Wall Street Journal and other places. I mean, it was a seriously bad time to be there, and it is, in some ways, impressive that they weathered the storm. Though you, I think you could argue that at least some of their problems were self-made. You know, obviously the economy they didn't have any control over, but you know, the design problems and other other mistakes that were made clearly didn't have to be made.
2: Um, yeah, I think most. I think ninety percent of the problems were self-inflicted. Yeah. You know, if, if it just the general concept of that being a residential, residentially focused development in the strip was fundamentally flawed, as we now realize, because the secondary market for condos wasn't nearly what they thought it was in 2005. But, you know, of course, they didn't know that in 2005. And, you know, also having it so far off the strip, I think, did have an impact on it. So, from that point of view, yeah, I mean, when you look at it where it's got these fundamental problems, we're still able to turn it around. So, I think there's hope for any property. I mean, well, they've turned
1: around the casino portion. You know, they yeah. have not. They haven't turned around the real estate
2: portion. That's still. I'm surprised. I'm just, and I'm, they've uh, they've written that off. Right. You know, I think it was two years ago when they wrote that off in the quarterly report and basically said, you know, if we make any money off of this, this is great, but we're you know we're writing it down completely. And I, I think that says a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I I am just surprised that uh, the Harmon lasted longer than Bill did. Um, but it looks like the, the Harmon, of course, famously stunted and then never opened. Uh, it, it looks like you know we could be into 2014 before that thing goes up or down. I mean, it, uh, it, that litigation continues seemingly forever, which is not that big of a surprise, but uh, definitely no real movement on that. Um, all right, so that's the situation with Aria and City Center. Um, moving Caddy Corner across the street to Bill's Rootin' Tootin' Gambling Hall and Shootin' Salon. Um, uh, maybe he's going over there, but we saw, we saw, you know, we, I think we talked about this before. It's definitely been publicized that, um, Caesars decided to, uh, close the place and renovate it and do some pretty massive expansion. We now have a date associated with this and, uh, uh, some timing. Um, let's see, who wants to take this one? Who's, who's up to date on what's going on here?
2: I'll take it. Go for it. So, you know, basically... As I think we might have said in here before, it's about a, what is it, $200 million
0: yeah, I think total so.
2: renovation of bills, which has somewhere in the range of 200 rooms? Am I close to that? Yeah. And they're gonna, yeah, they're going to put a pool deck on top and spruce it up and basically make it a gigantic 200-room nightclub, from what I can see. And I'm going to say now, I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> okay, why not? I think they should have taken that money... If I'm sitting in that chair, I say, why don't we take that money, take that $200 million, put it into Imperial Palace, bring the rooms up to Horseshoe level, rebrand that the Horseshoe, and then we've got that there. And then we've got a property with Horseshoe that is right on the 50-yard line of the Strip. We've got Harrah's for the overflow guests from Horseshoe. Then, you know, I know they had Bally's kind of tagged as the one they would rebrand Horseshoe. If they're able to with the with the debt covenants and whatnot to spin those off eventually, to, to sell those off, I would do that. And you don't I would you know, if you sell off valleys, you don't in Paris and even Planet Hollywood. Still you've got a solid core of that company with Caesars and then everything on the east side of the street there. That'll be what I would do. And then I would say, Hey, you know, we'll develop those two hundred rooms whenever. And in the meantime, this will be where the people who were staying at Imperial Palace will go. Because it's also you know, at the lower end of the scale. Basically, it is a $185 million bet that the economy is going to improve enough to have more people coming here looking for upscale rooms. And that's not a bet that I want to take right now.
0: Is it just a me too watching what Wynn's doing and want to try and do their own version of it?
2: It might be, and you, and you can't deny that when successful. But you also can't deny that there's a ton of competition at that end, and it's a very expensive game to get into. And yeah, I, you know, I realize the bottles do have a very high margin, but it's 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 an expensive to, game to get into to play. And you know, when you could do just as well by revamping your nightclub, and you know, paying whatever eighty thousand dollars or whatever they pay to get the big DJs in there for a night. You know, I think you could could do that because I'm not sure that these folks are necessarily looking for luxury room designs. You know, I think they want the, the hip, cool place, which you can make that anything as long as you get enough people to say convincingly it's hip and cool and get enough of an echo chamber there. I think people believe it. So yeah, it's not, it's not what I would have done with the money if I'm in charge of that company, but they've got a lot of people looking at this and a lot of analysis and so maybe they see something that I'm not.
0: You know, it we're it, we're, it sounds like we're going to be losing another, uh low lower cost option on the strip i mean for a long time you know whether it was Barbara coast or bills i mean it it's been um you know a decent place to stay that's in a really great location that's offered some inexpensive rooms and gaming and food i mean it seems like you know we're crossing another one of those off the list um and we're going to end up with uh you know an excess shaped hotel <laughs>
1: You know, this you- thing is, uh, this is the bookend to link. This is the other end of the link. So, I think they're looking at this thing as being able to feed people into there. Also, to find a property that is going to, really going to properly slot below Caesar's Palace. Because right now, you know, they kind of think that, you know, Planet Hollywood is the next step down know, and then Rio and Paris, but that's a that's a wide swath <laughs> between those two properties between you know Planet Hollywood and Caesar's Palace. At least in the proper sense, Caesar's Palace. Granted, there is quite a bit of gradation within that their offerings there. So this is going to be a little more of a different demographic, a uh, different type of focus, and the location. You know right on the strip and the rooftop pool party center is going to be a bonafide blow up. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, Now doing the math here, uh, they're $185 million renovation for 198 rooms. It's $934,000 per room. In terms of costs to renovate this whole entire building. When Las Vegas was built for 2.7 bill, for two thousand seven hundred rooms, so they're right. basically trying to recreate that quality, and even more so because right. this is a renovation. This isn't, you know, this isn't building, you know, new uh, building from from the ground up and designing exactly how you are. They're going to take this thing down to the studs, but they're still keeping the studs and a lot of the. The, uh, the back of house and all the other shit that goes with it. So they're spending an insane amount of money to build this thing. Insane. Thoroughly insane. Right. right. So I don't see how right. they're going to get their money back from this, but I don't think that Caesars necessarily cares how they're going to get their money back from anything. It it's seems all like- just going to get a big huge massive package bankruptcy somewhere down the line. So
2: it just seems like you could get a lot more bang for the buck. You know, if you take maybe 150 million of that and put it into doing something really spectacular at Imperial Palace and then take the rest of it and just divvy it up for, you know, the deferred maintenance, painting the balloon. I think you could get a lot more bang for yes. that buck. But again, that's me. I'm not seeing whatever spreadsheets they're seeing that are telling them that this is a great idea. You know,
1: they should consider contracting
2: yeah. Victor to.
1: Take over all of the nightlife. Just give him the entire nightlife portfolio in Caesars and say, go. You know, that's what he does. Instead of giving him the hotel, give him all of the nightlife. Get him to make that whole thing sort of become something instead of contracting it out dribs and drabs and pieces to everybody else. Let him do what he does first there and then see about this thing because it doesn't it does not make sense in terms of the money and i do agree with dave turning the the ip into into a a proper hotel horseshoe instead of this stopgap quad nonsense make a lot more financial and and as if as a visitor emotional sense i'd rather go to that the quad i don't even get it at this point but
2: well and the because you've got they're basically ripping up everything all around it are you going to want to do that renovation work five years from now when everybody's settled into link and you've got tenants in there who are going to complain right. when there's access issues and stuff like that. Cause you're ripping apart the place and doing work in the facade. So I would say, why not, you know, you should do that now and then work outward. You know, then maybe your next project is doing something at Harrah's and then after that you get bills and then whatever. What about the Flamingo? Yeah, the flamingo. flamingo. From what I've heard it does. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's uh, so wait. um, I don't have the the dates in front of me. So when is it closing, and when's it supposed to reopen? Do you guys have that handy?
1: February two thousand three it closes, and I think fall two thousand fourteen it opens.
0: So it's (laughs) uh, it's going to be offline for a bit. Um, You know, uh, not a huge supply issue for rooms on the strip, clearly, because it's such a small place. But uh, still, it'll be odd to have it be uh, to be closed. Um, it's, I don't know. It's looked the same way for a long time. So it'll be another, another part of the ever changing facade of the Las Vegas strip. Um, all right, we're going to wrap up quickly. I want to, um, since it's probably our last show of the year, I want to quickly touch on, uh, poker, online poker. And, uh, speaking of online poker before I, Dave, I want to get like a little bit, a little bit, uh, state of the union kind of before we close out the year. Did anything happen? Is anything going to happen in the rest of this lame duck session in Congress? Um, But I'm just seeing a a story in the Wall Street Journal that PokerStars is in talks to buy the Atlantic Club in Atlantic City, which would be interesting, an online poker entity entering the physical poker world. (laughs) Um, I don't have any details here because I don't actually pay for the Wall Street (laughs) Journal. But um, uh, any immediate reaction to that idea, uh, Dave? I mean, I know we were talking last time about how cheap – Atlantic City casinos have gotten. Is this just the inevitable outcome of that?
2: Well, this is something I was talking to with a, a reporter – talking with a reporter about today. day anyway, uh, anyway. When there was a news, news about Zynga getting their prelim, uh, going for their preliminary finding of suitability. And the question is, well, in order to get a Nevada license, you need a casino. So if you don't have a casino, you have to partner with a casino. But if you're Zynga and you allegedly have billions of dollars in your bank account – why not just buy Hooters right. and then you're, and then you can do whatever you want. So that I, you know, I, I, I would, so this doesn't surprise me at all. I've always thought that would be a good, good, uh, strategy if they have the bank accounts that they they say they have and, or if they can borrow the money to do it, you know, it's also saying that, Hey, we think that online gaming in the U S is going to be such a huge deal that it's worth, we would rather take the risk now of investing in a property that might be a dog and get all the payback of you know not having to partner with somebody else and not having to be sort of the have another sort of front man for our site.
0: Right. No, it does make good sense, especially since the prices are, you know, lower than ever in a lot
1: of jurisdictions. Well in in that case, why not just like set up a trailer?
2: Well, I forget except there's definite There's definite uh, guidelines for how big the property is to be. Okay. You know, so if so, and and so you would have to get a regular non-restricted gaming license to get that. You need to have a place with, I believe, more than 200 rooms. Although you can get a waiver, older properties have that. So there's, there's definitely, you know, I'm sure they've, there's ways to get around that. And the gaming control board and the existing casinos are going to make sure that nobody does get around it.
0: Yeah, so There's, I I actually did get the article and it says that they're negotiating for a price that's less than fifty million dollars, so
2: for the Atlanta Club, yeah, I I should think so. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Very interesting.
1: So does that mean Zynga's gonna kick in the one hundred fifteen to uh Sam? <laughs> oh, well it's actually, you know, it's, it's
0: you I think you're Sort of half joking, but maybe yeah. not half joking, right? He, I mean,
1: the Z Y L S. We've, we've. You know, the Zyls. Well, I mean, he's shown that's Star Trek, right there. He has shown yeah.
0: that he's interested in finding sort of alternative methods to fund his project. You know, I don't, I don't think there's any evidence that he's doing anything like that. But it, in some ways, could make sense, right? If they were pursuing a strategy like this, does he it's accept not.
2: Facebook credits? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and to the extent that any of these people who accepted bets from the U.S. Uh, can pass regulatory muster in Nevada, you know, yeah, it's a great strategy.
0: Yeah, right. Well, that is the question, right? Because PokerStars, I think, just went through this massive settlement with the Justice Department. So, you know, they uh, they have had uh, uh, issues <laughs> in the past. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they could get through. That regu- regulatory system, especially in New Jersey, which uh, you know has posed trouble for companies that are licensed in good standing in other jurisdictions, so um, be interesting to see. Uh, as far as online poker in general goes, you know we're almost to the end of the year here. Some people had held out hope that we would get some kind of a bill through Congress, and we may still. You know, there's ongoing discussions over the so-called fiscal cliff, and as we talked about last time something about poker could end up as an amendment tacked on to some bigger piece of legislation that neither side is willing to torpedo for something as small beans as that. So, do we how are how are the people that are advocating online poker feeling right about now, Dave? Do they have a chance?
2: I think they I think they have a chance, but I you know, I'm skeptical that anybody really has a read on it. You know, I I know I certainly don't. But it seems like this whole process, the whole political process is so opaque. That it's impossible to say, you know. Yeah, these are the odds that'll it'll pass in this congressional session. Just too much stuff going on behind closed doors.
0: Right, right. Well, it won't. We won't have to wait too much longer to know if they struck out for uh, the 112th Congress. Um, and then I guess if uh, if they don't make it, you know, we'll have to see what happens after that. John Kyle, who's been um, a big player in this, is retiring. So the makeup of, at least on the Senate side, is going to be changing a a bit when it comes to people involved in this debate. So we'll have to see what happens if it doesn't get through this time. Um, All right, I think uh, that is it for this session. Um, Today is December 6th. We usually do a show about every four weeks. So uh, since... um, Since uh, it is probably going to be January before we talk to you again, it's probably a good opportunity to say uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah and Happy New Year and Happy Kwanzaa and all that other good stuff, all the other holidays that are uh, in December. Um, And uh, before we go out, we will do our Sure Bets segment, which is an opportunity for us to share with you guys something that we think is interesting or that you might think is interesting. Uh, it doesn't have to be casino related, but it certainly can be. So um, we do this every every time. And um,
2: Dave, if you've got something, I'll start with you. Sure, I do. You know, uh, yesterday, Dave Brubeck passed away right. and I spent a lot of the morning listening to a lot of his, his uh, work, which I've loved for years. And then I was kind of browsing around a little bit and listened to an album I haven't listened to for a couple of years by a soprano saxophonist named Steve Lacey. And this is a record from all the way back in 1961 called The Straight Horn of Steve Lacey. And it just struck me that it's 50 years old, but it just still sounds totally fresh and interesting. So I encourage you to check out his music, that record in particular. I've got a Spotify uh, playlist that this is on, and we'll have the link, Hunter, to add uh, to the notes. Great. And this is really cool. If you give the first two tracks, which are Cecil Taylor's Louise and Thelonious Monk's Introspection, a try, and uh I think you may decide you like it because it's really good stuff.
0: Excellent. Yeah, Dave, uh your, your bet from last time – um, E-L-O-Dude, whose name is escaping me at the moment. Jeff Lynn. Jeff Wynn. Uh, very, you know, I, I grabbed that. Uh, been enjoying it ever since. So those of you out there in uh, listener land, um, Dave is an excellent source of, uh, of um, musical suggestions. So uh, definitely you should give this one a check. Thank you. Um, Charles S.,
1: uh, anything from you yes, this time? Yes, I do have something. A uh, few weeks ago uh the concert film of led zeppelin reunion from five or so years ago they finally released that thing on the dvd and the itunes and the blu-ray and whatnot it's called celebration day and i've been uh absorbing this for since the day it came out and it is a stellar document The modernization of the Led Zeppelin cannon in a thoroughly amazing way. Um, They've tuned their guitars down a little bit. Yes, Plant's voice isn't as screechful as as it it has been, but he has lost none of the nuance. He is just as spectacular as always. And you really hear with the downtuned guitars and the modern amplifiers and the slightly different... uh, Takes on things you really hear, like the connection that Led Zeppelin had with everybody who came after them, specifically all the sludge rockers, the grungers, Soundgarden, particularly. It just has this big, low, heavy, heavy churn that you would expect from Tad or any of the other sub pop sludge bands. And it just sounds so good, man. The interaction is thoroughly fantastic. Uh, Jason Bonham is playing the drums, filling in for his dad, He's, who passed away, of course, in 1980. He's just a killer drummer. And he adds like a little bit more of a heavier, metallic sort of feel to the songs. You know, Zeppelin was always cosmically great live, but sloppy as hell in terms of execution. Uh, as all of the live documents, if you listen to them, they all kind of have that. And this is surprisingly different. They're tight and together, and absolutely on top of it. With only a couple of spots of uh, Jimmy Page farting around with his violin bow, and a few other uh, questionable areas, they seem to have a, suffer a little fatigue. Just hey, you don't play a gig in twenty years or so. It's you don't have the muscles. So. Uh, Overall, the, the, right. the disc, Celebration Day, is a great addition to the canon. Uh, if you're a Led Zeppelin fan or a Rock fan or anything, I can't suggest this thing anymore.
0: Excellent. No, that's a great one. Um, you, you Mentioning Jason Bonham is giving me flashbacks to that reality show. Where he was like the insta inst- oh, yeah, band show. About? Yeah, is that what it was called? Yeah, with like uh, him and uh, um, oh, the, the right? yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Where they created this band and it was just yeah. like a total reality show meltdown. Very entertaining, very cheesy, but um, you know, it uh, uh it, it was one of those train wrecks that you <laughs> rewind and watch back and forth a couple times. Um, Celebration Day Led Zeppelin live at the O2 Arena in London. Uh, that'll be in the show notes. Great, great pick. Um, I am going to suggest an iPad app. Surprise, surprise. Um, this is actually not new, uh, but it is something that I like to play with all the time. It's an app called Paper. Uh, it is a, a an app for drawing things. But um, the ninth, you know, there are a lot of uh, apps for making digital art on the iPad. Most of them, I think, kind of go back to the traditional kind of Photoshop model um, uh, as much as Photoshop might be reimagined for uh, for a tablet but paper is a little bit different it's um, they focused on just a really a few really simple tools um, some pens a watercolor brush and um, and a couple of pencil tools it's meant to be very simple and it's just uh, it's it's just a lot of fun to play with I am not really much of an artist myself but i do have fun fiddling with this thing all the time and creating little <laughs> doodads that i share with no one um so if you have an ipad and you uh want to mix some colors and have a little bit of fun i think paper is a great great tool to play with that i think it won uh, a best uh best trippy oh, won award. an apple yes. design award that's what it was it, it's a real it yes exactly best app Um, it is really well done and uh, for folks that have an iPad I would definitely recommend it because it's a lot of fun to play with Um, alright that's it for today now before we go I am going to remind this remind you all of this every time from now on we want you to review our show in iTunes Uh, I was reminded uh, in the pre-show that uh, iTunes has reviews that exist I've of course, know this, but we um, haven't asked you guys to do reviews for I think not. I think we have before, but it's been a long time. So the the reason that you might want to do this is that it's a really good way for other people to find the show, and the more people that listen, that's better for everyone. So um, you can just go into iTunes. You can do it on your on your computer, or your Mac or your PC, or I think you can you can also do it on your iPhone or your iPad or your iPod Touch. You can go in and leave a review. And just, you know, tell us what you think and uh, hopefully say good things. But um, it's a good way to uh, to help other people find the show. So we definitely appreciate that if you are willing to do so. And uh, that is it for today. Thank you guys for being here. I'm going to go around the table so you can tell people where they can find you. Dr. Dave Schwartz,
2: where can people find you? You can find me at gaming.unlv.edu, uh, dgschwartz.com, and Vegas 7.
0: Excellent. And I will put a post to uh, – uh, excuse me, a link – to all of Dave's two-way hard three posts in my farewell wrap-up post that I am going to be putting up so that uh, everything that he has contributed there over the years will be in one easy place. Um, Mr. Chuck Monster, where can people find you?
1: You can catch me at gaming.unlvedu, dgschwartz.com, and on (laughs) Vegas 7.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh that's uh well not actually Vegas Seven may be a joke in this instance, but you did you were the uh the star of a Las Vegas Weekly post uh our article this uh this past week, right? I mean um Brock over at the Weekly talked to you about how Wynn has descended into the seventh pit of hell.
1: Yes, he did. His uh his premise was that uh, the Wynn brand has gone from a luxury brand to a a Beats and Booze brand, basically. And uh, he inquired with me about some thoughts that I might have about that, and I certainly had some. And you can check that out. Uh, I think I linked to it on VT, and maybe we can add that to the show notes too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it was a fun article, and it's interesting to see this concept, which we've talked about a lot, obviously, uh, to sort of make it into other media. Yeah. So, um, all right, excellent. Uh, you can find me at VegasMate.com. Thanks, and have a great weekend.